Hey moms, welcome back to the Digital Mama podcast. As always, thank you so much for being here. I hope that you have been enjoying the past few episodes and I'm excited to continue to bring you more and more content coming in 2024. So this episode today is actually a two-parter. The title of this episode is seven tips to get your business off to the right start in 2024. So today we're going to go over tips one through four, and then next week we will go over five through seven. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Okay. So the first tip that I think is absolutely critical before you do anything when starting a business is that you need to identify your core values to help you determine the direction of your business. Now, because digital business can mean many different things, right? There's all these different types of businesses you can start. There's all these different models. There's all these different avenues that you can take to create a business that is in the online world. You need to understand what it is that you want your life to look like and how a business fits into that. Here in my world, in Digital Mom Academy and Heatherboard Coaching, we don't create businesses that pull us out of our life. The business fits into our life because as moms, it's not sustainable to be sitting at your computer for 12 plus hours a day or to be on sales calls all the time or to be away from home traveling constantly. That type of business is not feasible when you're raising kids. This is an exercise I tell all the moms that I work with to do. It's the very first exercise that is in Digital Mama Academy. It's the very first exercise that I work with all my one-on-one students. This is what we do first, is to think about a future date. A future date when you feel like you have it all, like you're completely fulfilled. You, You could want for nothing on this particular day. What does that day look like? from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, what does that day look like? And it's really important to do this exercise because it's going to help you understand the type of business that's best for you, okay? I don't want you to start a digital business if it's not right for you. If you've always had that dream of having that quaint little shop on your main street in your town, then maybe digital business is not the right avenue for you right now. If you have a vision of waking up in the morning and grabbing a cup of coffee and getting the kids off to school and going to this boutique that you've always dreamt of, then that's where you should focus your energy, right? But if you're here and you're listening, I'm assuming that you have a certain interest or pull towards an online business and some of the luxuries that it affords you. With that being said, When I sat down and thought really hard about how am I going to construct my life to be crafted or designed in a way that completely fits my needs. I'm not compromising. I'm not sacrificing anything here. And that's that's the goal. There's no reason for you to sit down and be like, well, that part of it could be great, but that part would be terrible, but I'll still do it anyway. You can completely craft the type of business that you want from A to Z, and that can fit into your life the way that you see fit. Now, a little disclaimer is that I never, in my marketing messages, is part of my 
my business strategy and structure when I'm getting new customers in the door is never to say false promises, is never to give the impression that this requires zero energy, zero effort, zero work. Anything worth doing is going to require energy, work, and effort. The difference with this is that when I was in the process of creating my business, and even still now, this doesn't feel like work to me. This feels like I'm just doing something that I love. I enjoy it. And that's where I want you to be. So tip number one to get your business off to the right start in 2024 is to figure out what your core values are and what you want your life to look like because this is what's guiding light for you to decide which direction you need to go to create the life that you always wanted to live and how does the business fit into your life. We're not constructing life around the business. How does business fit into your life? So I highly, highly encourage you to do that. It doesn't take long. You know, you could sit down for 20 minutes and just think about your ideal day and then pull some core values out of that based on what that day looks like. That is tip number one. All right, let's jump into tip number two. So tip number two revolves around your niche and your niche means who is your ideal customer, right? What is it that you're going to be teaching? What is it that you're going to be showing people how to do? My niche is specifically business, marketing, digital marketing. That's really where my my niche is. I have taken that niche and I've further niched down by specifically focusing on moms. But for you, when you're sitting there thinking, well, what would my niche be? What would I teach? Who would I serve? This is one of my favorite things to talk about because it is a question I get asked often is moms come to me and they say, I want to do this. I think this sounds great. You're, you know, you're making it sound amazing. Like I definitely want to do this, but I have no idea what I want to do, what I want to teach and who, who I want to serve. Everybody knows something about something. If you're alive and you're breathing, you know something about something, right? And you might be sitting down and you might say, well, okay, I have my career experience and I know how to do this. And I have this life experience and I know how to do this. Or I have experience in this area because of this that happened to me. And so therefore, I have maybe four or five things that I could focus on. How do I pick which one? Well, I'll tell you. So the tip is to always pick something you're passionate about over technical knowledge. All right, so for example, in my own case, I have a certain, I guess you could call it a life experience that I could have created a digital business out of. I was diagnosed with celiac disease when I was three years old and I've lived gluten-free my entire life. I was an OG and I know a lot about it. I know a lot of weird stuff about gluten-free too. And I could have dove into that head first. And I did think about it when I was much younger. I thought about maybe creating a business around gluten-free, but it's not where my passion lied, right? It, it's, of course, I live it every day. I, I'm kind of forced into it because I have celiac disease, so I have to follow the diet whether I like it or not. But I don't necessarily want to create an entire business around that. It's a part of me. It's a part of who I am, but it's not what I want to be talking about day in, day out. When I think about business and the opportunity that business affords women, that sparks a passion inside of me. I want you to sit back and look at your own situation and say, all right, maybe I have experience in nursing. 
right? I'm a nurse and I, I know how to be a good nurse. I understand all the medical stuff and you're smart and, and so on and so forth. But you also love to garden. Gardening is where you go to escape. Gardening is where you feel calm. Gardening is where you spend a lot of your time when you're not nursing. And you find that nursing is a good career, but you're burnt out. You aren't quote unquote obsessed with nursing like you are with gardening. And so it's very, very important to make the distinction between the two because you might think, well, I'm a nurse, I'm qualified. I could go into something teaching people about something that has to do with nursing because I have this experience, because I went to college or I have a degree in this or in that and therefore makes me qualified to be able to speak on the topic. If you had to choose one topic to talk about for the next 24 hours straight, would you rather talk about gardening or would you rather talk about nursing? If you choose gardening, then I highly suggest that that is where you focus your business on. I don't care if you have a PhD in something, if it doesn't light you up inside and it's not what you wanna be doing day in and day out, then I encourage you to find something else that does give you that passion and that fire because guess what? You are going to be talking about it nonstop. You are gonna to have to find a hundred different ways to say the same thing essentially. That's part of marketing. And you have to have that excitement and that enthusiasm and that vigor when it comes to presenting your stuff, presenting your knowledge. And if you really could care less about the topic, it's a lot harder to make that a sustainable long-term business than something that really lights you up inside. Now I'm going to give you a little disclaimer here because I'm not the type of person that's just very floofy and is like, oh, you're passionate about that, that's so great. There also has to be a market need, okay? So we have, we do have to bring the idea down to earth and we have to make sure that there is a reasonable market that would be willing to invest money in whatever it is that you're selling or you're teaching, right? If you want to create a program that teaches, let's see, how to communicate with ladybugs. Okay, I literally just pulled that out of nowhere. But let's say you're 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 obsessed with ladybugs, you love ladybugs, and you want to create a program that teaches people how to communicate with them. I don't know how well that's going to do that that probably doesn't have a lot of demand in the market. What problem is it solving? What's the compelling reason why somebody would need to communicate with a ladybug? And so I think there is a line here between finding something you're passionate about that has market validity but not just settling on what it is that you quote unquote know because you know it or you have a degree or you have work experience in it. Do what lights you up inside. If you do something that lights you up inside, you are going to be so much more excited to get up and do this every day. Your chances of giving up are much less and you are gonna feel more fulfilled day in and day out in your business. Okay, let's jump into tip number three. So we did touch on this a little bit in the last episode, but it was more focused around social media and the fact that you want to pick your social media platform based on where your avatar hangs out. So if your niche is more professional in nature, LinkedIn might be a great place for you to start. If your niche is in the beauty sector, then Instagram might be a great place for you. So understanding where your people hang out. But the tip for you to get your business off to the right start in 2024 is when you decide what that 
platform is going to be, you pick one and only one because there is something called social media burnout. And if you pick too many platforms to be present on, very quickly, you will feel like you are spinning your wheels. So when I first started my business, I was all over. I was all over the internet. I thought I have to be visible, I have to show up, I have to do this and that. And I was also coming from experience of working with companies that had much bigger budgets, bigger teams, people to help execute a lot of these plans and thought, well, they do it. So if I wanna get to where they are, that's what I need to do too. As a one man show where I'm raising kids and I'm trying to build a business, I don't have the time or quite frankly, the mental energy to try to create content for four different platforms or five different platforms. The type of content that's delivered on each platform is different depending on what platform it is. And trying to plan that out and be consistent with it is very, very, very difficult and honestly discouraging because you feel like you're trying to do a hundred different things and it's not yielding the results that you want because I'll tell you, organic growth through social media is painfully slow. Yes, there are people that are able to blow up their accounts overnight. So I am not saying that it's an impossible thing to happen, but for the regular person that jumps on to a social media platform and starts to build a presence, it takes time, it takes consistency, and it takes understanding your avatar and your audience to a deep level so that you understand what types of messages are resonating. And so I would encourage you when you look at your different social media platforms that you can choose from, you find the one that has the most potential and you only stick to that one singular platform. Put all your energy and your focus there. If you try to spread yourself too thin in the beginning, it will get overwhelming really quickly. So that is tip number three. It's gonna save you a lot of headaches, it's gonna save you a lot of discouragement, and it's going to allow you to be more focused on what you should be doing on a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis. That's something that I was struggling with in the beginning of my business, was how should I be spending my days? How should I be spending my time? What should I be focusing on? What types of activities in my business get me closer to my goals, whether it's how many people I get into my program or how many one-on-one students I have. What is moving the needle when it comes down to actual conversions and growing the business? Not vanity metrics. I could care less about vanity metrics. I want to have a engaged audience of people who actually want to hear what I have to say. And you do that by being consistent and focusing in on one platform and delivering really, really, really great content. Okay, so the last tip that we're going to cover on this episode is tip number four, which is all about your unique selling proposition. And this is another one of my favorite topics. I feel like that's all I'm saying all the time is it's a favorite topic. I like talking about all of this stuff, but a unique selling proposition is critical in business. And here's why. If your business does not have a unique selling proposition, then there is nothing that differentiates you from the competition. There is nothing that makes it special. There is no reason why people should look at you over competitors A, B, C, and D. Now, I have talked about this in the past and I have gone 
a little bit more in depth about inherent differentiation. And so now what I wanna do is clarify between inherent differentiation and a unique selling proposition. So when you start a digital business and you are the face of the brand, right? Your mind, your thoughts, your beliefs craft the image of the brand, there is inherent differentiation because there's only one of you on the earth. There is only one of you that has your unique experiences. The way you look at the world is very unique to your own perspective. And that just can't be copied. That can't be duplicated. That's what I mean about inherent differentiation is that just because you are the face of the personal brand, you are the one that people are looking to learn, grow, whatever it is, by you just being you, the business has been differentiated. Now, with that being said, inside the business, inside within that inherent differentiation of who you are as a person, what you sell needs to be compelling enough for the customer to say, yes, okay, I want that thing. There's something about that thing that makes it different from everything else that's out there for sale. Now, maybe somebody really likes you, and that's great. And now you're you're attracting more people into your business. Maybe they're following you on Instagram or, or signing up for your email list. But if the thing that you're selling is no different than somebody else over there, but they're selling it for less, who do you think they're going to buy from? I'm not talking about your mom who's going to have loyalty to you because it's you. This is people out in the real world. If what you're selling is exactly the same as somebody else's thing, why should they buy from you? And so in addition to having inherent differentiation inside the business, which is a great way to attract people into your sphere of business, your personality, your the way that you talk, the way that you think, the way that you make people feel is going to attract people into your business and give you a bigger audience. That does not always mean they're going to buy what you have. It's up to you as the business owner to then say, all right, now I've, I've got people listening. Now I've got people on the hook, so to speak. But now I need to deliver something to them that is solving their problems and is different from what my competitors are selling. And this is the exact reason why I do not support the MRR style of business. Even MLMs, dropshipping have similar issues, but when you don't have uniqueness in what you're selling, it is going to be a hell of a lot more difficult to get people to buy your thing, to convince them to buy your thing. And I've been in marketing for over 10 years. I have had clients that had fierce competition and they had to differentiate themselves in some way. Differentiation has to be there. You have to give people a reason to buy from you over the competition. If they don't see the point in buying from you over someone else, you'll lose them. So here's an example if you're having a little bit of a difficult time wrapping your head around what I mean when I talk about a unique selling proposition and inherent differentiation and now I'm bringing up these other styles of businesses, right? I just know from me and what I've seen all over TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, there are so many women who are promoting these products, promising that you can make your first sale in five days. You can make $10,000 your first month, $4,000 in your first week. You, It's complete, super easy, effortless. All of these wild claims, which are frankly lies, 
And I want to make sure that you have the education so that you can make the best decision for you. So here's what I mean. In my own business, in the business I created, I created my own program. I recorded every single video. I created every single piece of content that goes with it. I created every single digital download that comes with it. It was all made by me from my own experiences as a digital marketer, okay? And it was also crafted based on my life experiences because there were certain things that I was missing in past businesses that I needed in order to get me going on the right foot that I purposely included in my program. So that's the program that I offer. Now, with my program, there are a lot of other people that teach digital marketing. There are a lot of other people that teach you how to create a business. There are a lot of other people that teach you how to harness the power of marketing in the digital world. I have said, I I know as a marketer that I have to differentiate myself or I will get completely lost in the market. There's a few ways that I've done this, okay? The first one is there is inherent differentiation. There is no other person that is my identical person out there selling the same thing I'm selling with my life experiences, with what I've gone through, with all of these things, with my own brain, with my own heart and soul, so on and so forth. Secondly, this program was made by me. So again, the program came from my own head. So that is my work that I am selling. Thirdly, I have specifically made this for moms. Okay, so there, there I it's my niche. I've niched down to moms because I wanted to create this environment where moms could come and really build something spectacular. And so that is where I focus on. I made sure that the way that my course was outlined the way that I communicated with them, even down to the lessons and the modules, were all crafted with the idea in mind that this was going to be for moms. It has to be able to be consumed by moms. It has to be able to be easily understood by moms. It has to fit into their life. In addition, I took it one step further and said, I still think there needs to be something that differentiates me even more, which is why I added the AI component. So inside my course, I have a separate component that is attached to every single lesson within the program where you get an AI prompt to take it back to ChatGPT, which is going to make the time that you have to invest into the program much less than if you didn't have ChatGPT to help you complete each of the tasks, right? Starting a business is not something that you just wake up and do it in a day. It takes time, energy, research, effort, consistency, perseverance, right? It takes all these things. And having a specifically curated prompt for each individual task that needs to get done before you launch your business makes the entire process of doing the things that need to be done much easier than if I were to just say, go out and do this. Now, the reason why I'm explaining that to you is because I want you to see the difference between that and see how I packaged up my offer so that it's completely different than what anybody else offers. I have not found anybody else that offers a course for moms that teaches them the foundations of digital marketing and digital business that includes an AI prompt that's been specifically designed by me to complete each one of those lessons. Now let's go over to Master Resell Rights or MRR, which is the type of business model that's very, very popular right now for moms specifically all over social media. With that being said, in a master resale rights, this is exactly the difference between 
having your own business, which is yours from the beginning to end and getting involved in something like an MRR, MLM, dropshipping, so on and so forth. But specifically with MRR, what it is, somebody says, hey, come here, buy this, sign up for this thing. You go in, you buy the course, which is quite expensive, I believe. And the course teaches you how to sell the course. Now that's very cyclical, okay? Let me just say it again. The course that you buy teaches you how to sell that course. There are other things included in there, I'm sure. They give you other resources. They tell you probably how to sell other digital products as well, but this is the one that they want you to sell because if you continue to sell this product, the people at the top keep making money. So now for the sake of a unique selling proposition, you can see that if you buy this course or a course through a master resell rights type of business or program, you are going to be taught how to sell that course, which means there's no differentiation between you and person A, B, C, D, E, F, G, except for the inherent differentiation like we talked about, right? With this inherent differentiation, you can get people into your sphere of influence. And as a digital marketer, it's very important that you grow your base of potential customers, whether that is on social media, email, wherever that may be, through a blog, a vlog, a podcast, whatever. You need to grow the amount of people that have eyes on you before they even buy. Inherent differentiation by you being you helps you grow in that area. Let's say you're really funny and you create really funny videos. It's very easy, I shouldn't say easy, but it's easier to amass a following that way. So inherent differentiation certainly works in your favor in a digital business. It does not always mean that it's going to convert to sales. It doesn't. Sometimes it will, but it's not going to be a long-term sustainable strategy. It's just not. Because when you are selling the exact same thing as other people, at a certain point, it's going to... First of all, nobody else is going to want that thing anymore because you're going to have basically saturated the market. Second of all, is because what you're selling has no unique selling point, it falls flat. People now are much more aware of what's going on in the internet than they were, let's say, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Back in the let's say even like earlier 2000s, like 2010s, when internet marketing really got big, you know, Facebook marketing exploded and other types of paid advertising exploded, people didn't really know that they were being advertised to. It was like this thing that people were buying stuff, but they didn't realize it was like, it was a platform that was being used to get you to buy stuff. People are smarter now. People understand more about what is actually happening when it comes to, uh, let's say, influencers, right? Or people who want you to buy their stuff. It's just become much more in our face and people are just more educated on the topic. So in situations like this, when you have nothing that's unique, when you don't have anything that's separating you from the competition, it makes selling your thing very, very, very difficult. So if you want to get your business off to the right start in 2024, one of the best pieces of advice that I could give you is to make damn sure that you have a unique selling proposition in your business. And you can go back to almost any marketing book in the past 100 years 
and see that they also recommended that you have a unique selling proposition in your business. This is not some new age marketing strategy that's going to explode your business overnight. These are foundational marketing topics that if you don't include them in your business, it is going to hurt you. It's going to make things harder for you. It's going to make your business almost impossible to be successful like you want it to be. So I highly, highly encourage you to take a look at that. And when you are thinking about what type of business do I want to start? Where do I want to jump in? And if you want to start a business that's your own, a digital business that you create from your own brain, from your own heart and soul, that you make something about it unique, other than the fact that it was just created by you, what else can you include in there that people are like, I need that because I can't get it anywhere else. And it has something so unique, so different that need to get my hands on it because that's what's going to help me in whatever the situation is that you're going to be helping people in. All right, let's recap tips one through four. First thing, you need to figure out the type of life you want to live and how your business is going to fit into that life. So identifying your core values or your life pillars, however you call them, what is it that you desire out of life that this business can help you achieve? Number two, choose passion over technical knowledge when you're picking your niche. Picking your niche is going to be one of the biggest decisions of your business because this is going to be what you're focusing on. This is what you're going to be creating content around. This is what you're going to be creating your membership or your course or whatever it is that you offer, this is what it's going to be about. I would rather have you pick something that you feel like you could talk about for hours on end than something you know well but don't like. So pick passion over technical knowledge. Third, when you're getting started, pick one social media platform to focus on and be consistent there. Do not overwhelm yourself with social media platforms because you will get burned out fast and it'll leave you feeling discouraged and frustrated. And finally, number four, make sure that your business has a unique selling proposition. Make sure that whatever it is you are offering to your customers, there is something about it that differentiates it from the market, from the competition. Critical, critical piece of a business that could literally make or break your success. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that these tips were helpful. Next week, I'm going to be coming at you with three more tips to get your business off to the right start in 2024. As a final summary of this episode, I would like to say I looked at my entire business that I have started from start to finish and the course that I created too and just everything that I've created. And these seven tips are what I did implement. Some of them I wish I would have implemented sooner, but these seven tips really are important in the necessary planning and preparation for when you are gonna start a business. These are all things to take into consideration because it's better to know now what you can expect out of the business, what you need to put into it, what are these different things that are important, that are critical, that you're gonna be expected to do in order to have a successful business. And I want you to have all the information that you need in order to make the best decisions for you and your family. Okay, I will see you in the next episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you have any 
questions, feedback, anything, please email me at heather at heatherboardcoaching.com. And I will talk to you later.